ESPN's 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! Well, what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love and really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. Hey, what's happening here on a Monday in Jack's Beach, live from Sneakers, and that's where we'll have Jazz Report live tonight with the star of yesterday's game for the Jags, Jamal Agnew. He played really well, a couple touchdowns, and uh, continues to kind of build his resume here in Jacksonville. That'll be 7 o'clock tonight from Sneakers in Jack's Beach, as we do every Monday, 7 o'clock, Jags Report Live. You can watch it on Fox 30 as well. We had Jamal last week. He was terrific, and uh, look forward to chatting with him again. Jags obviously lose 29-21 to Philadelphia. we got week four in the books, almost. we got a Monday night football game tonight. The Rams and the Niners, you can hear it on ESPN 690. Uh, but we're going to talk a lot more about the Jags like we did this morning on Monday Morning Madness, like Casey Kurtz and Brian Middleton will do at 6 o'clock on overtime. Uh, but uh, the Jags, I don't know how we feel about this one. They got off to a good start, and then they got dominated. So it doesn't feel like they let it slip through their hands. It feels like they got bullied around the block a little bit yesterday in Philadelphia on a miserable afternoon. Brett Martineau here, Casey Kurtz in the Action Sports Jack Studios. And i got to believe this guy's all geeked up. The Jets got a win. Look at us, two and two. And, well, he's back <laughs> not doing hurricane coverage. That's so right. At least that should have a little hop in your step. Now, the Mets might, eh. Uh, tough to be a Mets fan. Why are you today? gonna do that, Brent? Why you gonna Why you gotta Why you gotta cite my uh, sports depression <laughs> and point out to me that I can never have it all with these teams? Yeah, well, you can't have it all, baby. You can't have it all, Jazz Ever. fans. You can't have it all either. You aren't going to three and one, although it looked like it for a quarter, didn't it? That was fun in the first quarter, guys. That looked good at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a, uh, you know, Brent. We went to your friends uh, over in uh, Springfield. Oh, you went to strings. Yeah, man. A packed house. Holy smokes. Everyone goes to strings. But uh, it, was a, it was a loud crowd, a raucous crowd. Everyone was real pumped in the beginning of that game. Well, I mean, gosh, I got to believe uh, people were jumping around in their living rooms. And, and uh, I mean, I couldn't believe it, right? I mean, another pick, like a pick six or so another turnover that equals the amount of turnovers they had all last year. They get off to the lead. Then they get the ball back. They drive down the field. Jamal Agnew touchdown. You're like, wow. And then they got it back, and they're driving again. I mean, you know, you look at that first quarter going into the early second quarter, and the Jags are hopping now, and it looks like they're about to run away with it. We know how the NFL works, and that did scare me a little bit. You're like, somebody's going to make a play here and even this thing out. It can, you're not going to just route people three weeks in a row, I don't believe. And, well, what happened instead, I didn't fully expect this, a domination of the second quarter, which is what Philly has done all year. They've been awesome in the second quarter, and they dominated. Whether they made adjustments, whether they just reacted, uh, they didn't panic. And then they used the weather and their size and their game to their advantage and just outplayed the Jags pretty much the rest of the way. The second half, I mean, it's an amazing stat line if you look at it, right? There's a bunch of different things you can look at in an NFL game, and, and stats don't always tell the story, but sometimes they help support your cause. And one of the things that really jumps out, like I like to look at the drives and the charts there and see, okay, how long did they sustain drives? Like, were there three and outs? And uh, coming into that game, I thought the three and outs were pretty critical because the Eagles were 45.5% 
um, at three and outs this year, which is third best in the NFL going into that game. Meanwhile, the Jags have been awesome at not having three and outs. Well, you look at the drive chart, that part of the stat packet, and it hit me like last night. I didn't kind of realize it in real time, but they had five possessions, guys, in the second half, and four ended in turnovers. Wow. It's like, how did they only lose by eight? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> intense. I'd love to see the last team that turned the ball over that many times and only lost by that much. Yeah, uh, I think, I don't know what it would, well, actually, oh, what the Rams and, and uh, Bills played in the opener, and the Bills turned it over, I think, four times? And look that up. one, they actually blew them up. So turnover is obviously a, a big part of it. You, here's the thing. I was thinking about this uh, coming in. It's hard to win on the road uh, in the NFL. Like, that's a real thing. I, I think you, you do get that advantage. You're not the better team probably anyway going into it, and the Eagles are. Uh, but in Washington, the Jags could make the case they're better. Like, I think we all believe Jags are better than Washington, especially after a month into the year. But they missed so many opportunities. It's not like they had these crazy turnovers. They just missed so many opportunities, like easy plays that NFL guys usually don't miss. Well, in this one, it was just all the turnovers. And then they had a couple of penalties at, like, inopportune spots. To be honest with you, the roughing the kicker didn't even hurt them. But they had a face mask earlier in that drive. And then I thought when the Eagles had a couple of holding calls, the Jags nullified it with a Shaq Griffin defensive holding and I think another defensive or something by Roy Robertson-Harris. Yep. So you look at the stat sheet, and the Jags only had four penalties, but I thought they were critical. And then the ones that offset the Eagles' penalties were massive in this game. You just can't go on the road and make those kind of mistakes and, and expect to win. And I think the Jags actually were fortunate probably to lose by only eight because it did feel like a domination, and maybe without the 14-point head start, it would have been a blowout. But you got to give Jags credit. They got off to a 14 nothing lead and uh, had a chance to build off it, just couldn't cash in. So, hey, 2-2 two and two after one month of the season. And um, you know what I do? I was thinking of this as well. Casey Kurtz, Aaron Schachter, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I kind of applaud Jags fans today. I'm proud of Jags fans. Hmm. Because I don't think there's a sense of panic in town. I think there's not satisfaction in losing. You have every right to be critical of the quarterback with all the turnovers. Uh, and you could be mad and emotional on a Sunday. I sensed more of that yesterday. But I also think Jacks fans are savvy enough to know this was supposed to be kind of a building block season. Yeah. And you're looking at six, seven, eight wins, and you're coming out of it two and two, and you've got a better situation than you could have imagined a month ago. And I think Jacks fans are responding nicely to that. They're not, like, losing their minds. But there are questions with the football team and questions with the quarterback, and they're going to ask those. I'm kind of proud of the Jags fans today. I'd agree with you. As far as overreaction Monday goes, everyone's a bit tamer than maybe you would see down the road. Uh, but the thirst is real. They got uh, the Jags fan. You got a taste of what it's like to be at the top of that list in terms of power rankings, or at least amongst the top of that list. You heard all the uh, the bravado, the gusto over the last couple of weeks. It feels nice to be up there. You know, you want to get back there. The thirst is real when it comes to that. Well, not only that, the thirst was, but for nine quarters it was real, oh, you yeah. know? Like, even the start of that game, it's like, wow. You yeah. know, we allowed ourselves to ask the question last week, like, I mean, what if they go to three and one? You know? I mean, we're asking that question. We're asking that question Sunday morning. Casey asked on ESPN 690 Game Day Live when I jumped in from Philly, hey, what's the headline tomorrow? I thought the Jags had a chance to win that game. I felt good about their chances to win that game going in. Um, and I knew Philly was pretty good, too, and it would be a tough test. But I thought the headline would be Jags are a top-five team. Well, it certainly would have been the headline this morning 
if the Jags were to hang on and win. You know, meanwhile, for a game that could have ended up being a blowout, despite the 14-0 lead that was perched up in the beginning of the game, Jags were in it till the end. That's what we all said we wanted to see at the beginning of the season, right? Playing in meaningful games late into the season, but also late in the games. You know, not getting blown out week to week. They're certainly hung with what is the consensus, a, a top three team in the NFL this year. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? I think we are looking for some normalcy. If you're looking at Doug Peterson, it's like, settle this thing down in Jacksonville. Let's be like a normal NFL team. And, and what I actually was thinking about over the last 24 hours is I think this is what teams and fan bases feel like on a Monday after they lost. Sure, there's stuff to get annoyed about, right? Emotional about. Yeah. Stuff you don't like, stuff you do like. But you're also not, like, losing your mind. <laughs> well, the last 10 15 years, there's been reason to lose your mind yeah. because it's just built on top of each other, right? It's just snowballed, and it feels like one big season of losses over, like, a 15-year span outside of, like, a 16-month span, you know, back in 17 and early 18. So I just think this is what happens. Like, when people – when Pittsburgh loses a game – oh, maybe not they're not a good – when Baltimore loses a game, are they losing their mind right now in Baltimore? I don't think so. They know they're pretty good. They also are like, what the heck? Why do you keep blowing leads at home? What's wrong <laughs> with our quarter? Yeah. Right? So, like, they have these questions. But I don't know if they're losing their mind. They like Lamar Jackson. They like Love the em. football team. Yeah. I think Jags fans like the football team. Probably overall like Doug Peterson, even though they questioned a little bit of his play calling yesterday. And and now they're like, okay, we got to fix some of this stuff. we got to find out who we are. And we got to hopefully get better as it goes. And I just, like I said, I'm proud of the Jags fan, I think, for the most part, because I think they get that. Jags fans are savvy, man. They've been around a lot of this. And that's different than being satisfied. I'm not saying it's okay to lose, but you also know you're not going to win them all. And especially this team coming off four wins in two years. You've already equaled half the total of the last two seasons in one month of the year. I think you could even go further than that. I mean, you look at the two and two teams in the AFC and you go, all right, how do we stack up against some of these teams? You're pretty much amongst the best of the two and two teams at this point. Yeah, I think you can. I said it yesterday. There are three teams that are better than you record-wise. The Chiefs, who have been in a class by themselves. Uh, the Bills, who have joined that class. And the Dolphins, who got off to a really nice start. And don't and have two right quarter, now. Might have quarterback problems, yeah. right? So we'll see. And they might be good. They, they spent and invested, and, and they've been pretty good. Hey, uh, let's uh, maybe all this talk about praising the fan base is about to go to the wayside <laughs> as I bring Sean in early on a show on a Monday here on Brent and Friends on ESPN 690, and maybe he's about to tell me we're all crazy. What's up, Sean? No, I, I'm not saying that nobody's crazy. I do, but I do think that the Jags, I didn't think they. I didn't think that they were. They weren't the better team in that entire situation. If you look at how the if you look at how the game was played, if it wasn't for Shaq Griffin getting that ridiculous holding to, uh, pass interference call that really wasn't pass interference, they would. That was a 14-0 lead at that moment. But then the Eagles go down and score, and then that changed the complexity of the game. If the Jaguars would have challenged that. Travis Etienne first down, yeah. where he had clearly got the first down, but then Trevor subsequently on the fourth down play fumbled the ball. Yep. I mean, if they if they would have did that, we who that could be a completely different game. The Jaguars beat themselves, and I think that's why Washington and this game from a fans' perspective feels like we didn't lose the game because we weren't we weren't the better team. We lost the game because we just we were we didn't play. So it feels different. The, the loss feels different to me. Yeah, Sean, that's, that's a great point, man. I appreciate you jumping in, too. Thanks for listening here on ESPN 690. And I'm going to agree with your point overall. Uh, but I will say 
Uh, well, let me agree first, and then I'll just bring up one thought that, that may rival what you just said. And the part that I agree with is there are so many plays out there for the Jags to make that you're right. If they make eight out of ten of them, if they get a little bit of a break here or there, because I agree on those two calls, especially like I saw the ETN play, and I got to go back and watch this thing again because I was flying home last night and I didn't go check this play out. But I don't. Do you guys know what play he's talking about? Right before the QB sneak, where where yes. Trevor fumbled. I mean, I I was walking back to my seat. I'm watching it on the TV monitor because I just had gone to the bathroom. Like I can tell you where it's at. And I was nice. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, ETN runs, and I watch him where he lands, and I said, oh, well, hey. That's a big first down right now. Like, they needed that first down. They need to keep the ball a little bit. Like, I said that to myself. And then I get back to my seat, and I'm like, oh, man, I must have seen that wrong on the TV because it's third and one somehow. And I and then I tweeted, they really need a first down here. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and then they didn't get it on third and one. And, be, and I think, right, they didn't get it on third. Or maybe that set up the fourth and one, whatever. That set it up, I think. Okay, sorry. So that set up the fourth and one. And then they don't get the QB sneak and, and Trevor fumbles it's it away. Spot. But, yeah. but it was a bad spot, Casey, right? Yeah, it was a horrible spot. I, to your point, I was, again, I feel like I was doing something or another because I remember saying, all right, first down. And then I, I was, we're sneaking all of a sudden. I'm like, well, what happened here? But, yeah, bad spot. And I didn't even think about it at the time. But looking back, yeah, I mean, challenge it. Why not? Because it was I a guess, bad spot. Yeah. There's no doubt. I guess challenge it. I don't know what they're thinking. They're like, all right, it's fourth and one. We're going to get fourth and one. We're confident in it. But still, you could, you could certainly make the case for challenging. Here's where I'm going to disagree with. I think Sean's right. Like, the Jags are – there are plays to be made. Even the Agnew touchdown, right, that could have been. Uh, to make it 21 nothing, the, the maybe a couple of the calls, like he said. But the Jags did get dominated for the second and third, well, second quarter especially, and I would say for the most part the rest of the game. So when you give up 210 yards rushing, you're losing the game. Like you are, you do have self-inflicted wounds. You could play with them. Absolutely, Sean, I agree with you. But you're going to have to phys- figure out how to play physical football. Because I do believe, like, if the Eagles and Jags played again, like, tomorrow, I think that offensive line would probably push the Jags' defensive line around a bit. And I think that showed up. So that's a fix that they're – this can't be all Trevor today. It can be a lot, Trevor. You can be critical of them. But they got to fix that part, too, now. they got to be able to stop that run, 210 yards rushing. That's a last two years thing, not a this thing, not with all the player talent that you've acquired. All right, we're at Sneakers in Jack's Beach. Jags report live tonight at 7. But we're rocking and rolling here on Britain Friends at ESPN 690. All the way until 6 and hand off to Casey and Brian with overtime. We'll be right back. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, either way. I mean, you lose a game, it's not, it's, not, it's not fun. But, I mean, obviously it's more frustrating when um, – when you personally didn't play well and had a lot of opportunities and, and kind of um, just didn't take advantage of them, you know, turn the ball over way too much, not really going to win any games, turn it over five times. And um, so, yeah, it's really, really frustrating, disappointing, um, but we got to have a short memory just like we do when we win, you know, when we play well, same thing when we don't play well, when, when I don't play well, when we, when we lose a game, whatever it is, you know, 24-hour rule, we got to watch this tape, learn from it, and move on to the, to the Texans next week. Well, that is Trevor Lawrence, and that's twice now in this first month of the year where he's uh, taken a brunt of the criticism for the loss. Couldn't make a play at the two-minute drive in two different uh, situations now, and some big turnovers or misplays. Washington missed some wide-open receivers. 
and uh, this time around just couldn't hang on to the football. Uh, listen, did not play well in the conditions, and I think the conditions did contribute. I think the first, I'll say it again, I said it on Monday Morning Madness this morning. I think the first fumble was a weather fumble. I think the second fumble on the snap was probably a weather fumble. Uh, and that doesn't dismiss it, by the way. He's got to be better than that. I think the third fumble, Jawan Taylor got beaten. I think it happens in the NFL. I watched the same thing happen to Tom Brady last night in the game. And then I think the last fumble is one that bothers me more than any of them. Because in that two-minute drill, you got to get off to a good start, but you definitely got to live another down. And that was his problem in the Washington game. Live one more down. You still had fourth down. And so I think that's the best criticism for Trevor is like that last fumble and also the pick. The pick in the red zone just can't happen uh, because you're leaving points on the board. So those are the two. Those two turnovers bothered me more than the other three. Unfortunately, we had many to pick from <laughs> in that football game. And I think Trevor's going to be just fine. But he earned some criticism uh, yesterday with five turnovers. You cannot win at that position doing that. Brent Martineau along with Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, Brent and Friends on ESPN 690 Live from Sneakers in Jack's Beach. And now we go across the pond to London. How about my man Maurice Jones-Drew making time for us even in London? What the heck time is it over there, man? 820? Yeah, it's 820. Uh... I, I was able to catch glimpses of the Jags game. Obviously, it's not it was it wasn't shown like that. They were kind of through red zone, but got a chance to check out some things this morning. And uh, you know, again, I this is what I would say: the negatives are the turnovers, right? The turnovers, the lack of rush attempts. I think uh, the positives are that you lost by eight with five turnovers. So that tells you that you know. Maybe two of those turnovers, you win that game. If there's two or three instead of five, right? So I still think the Jags have played really well. You had a pick six to start the game. You started hot. We're able to go up 14-0. But once you go up 14-0 in the National Football League, you have to understand that you have to execute even at a higher rate than anything because you know that team is going to be desperate to try to come back and get in. And, and, and it's, it's a learning lesson. You know, again, I, you know, I always joke and say, like, I, I hope the Jags go – uh, 17 and 0, and, and this and that, or whatever it may be. But you learn a lot from this game against the Eagles. Will you see a team like this in the AFC South? No, not really. Uh, the way they, they run the ball, they're very creative in how they run the ball. They don't run the ball like the Tennessee Titans. They don't run the ball like the Indianapolis Colts or the, the Houston Texans. Um, and you still you're still atop your division. So you you learn like I think Coach Peterson said best. You learn, you move forward, and you get back to work. And, you know, again, that's the most important thing now is getting back to work and find a way to, to get a victory next week. Murray Jones Drew with us from London here on Britain Friends on ESPN 690. On a Monday, Jags overall 2-2, two and two, but lose 29-21. And I understand that you have a lot going on over there uh, with your duties uh, in London with the NFL and, and the things you're, you're doing. And you hit on it last week, but I'll, and I want you to um, say a little more today. But I'll get to that. One thing I'm not sure you could fully digest without seeing it, uh, Mojo, is they got beat up in the trenches. I mean, Philly's a very physical team. And I guess my question for you is the Titans can be physical, so the AFC South does have a little bit of that. They've made a name for being that, and Derrick Henry can certainly do that. Do you learn to become a more physical team? Because the Jags are a bit young. They're inexperienced. They're athletic. I think they have talent. But do you have to learn to be physical? Because I saw a matchup where it was like grown men against, you know, like young men. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, I saw a little bit of it. This is the thing. I think Philadelphia has 
if you go top to bottom, O-line, D-line, they're probably the best in the league. You know, offensive line-wise, for sure. Both those tackles are really good. Uh, guards play really well. Centers, smart, athletic. So, yeah, they're, I mean, they, they know who they are. And, they, and they've been building this team up from the trenches for the last, what, five, six, seven, eight years almost, it seems like. Fletcher Cox is no, no slouch, right? You still have uh, Jordan Davidson, who they drafted in the first round. Like, they've built these this, the trenches up. Brandon Graham. Like, they, they have guys that can go sweat. So, yeah, it was definitely a challenge to see where you are um, on the offensive side. But, again, this is why, when you you know, the, the, the reason you drafted Trayvon Walker was for, for games like this. And it may not have helped right now, but down the road in years to come, you'll see the Jags be the more physical team in the trenches. He still did well. Again, like I said, it was a bad weather game. I played in those. You've been there. We were in Carolina. The, the storm comes. You got to run the rock. You got to be able to run the ball, and 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 that's what Philly did. They took the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hand for the most part, and they're like, "Look, we're just going to run this thing." And and so, if you're the Jags, you have to be able to play a little bit more stout defensively. Uh, you don't want to do as many stunts and games in that situation. You want to play it more straight up. And then on the offensive side, you want to get those linemen going forward. You have big, strong linemen as well, so you want to find a way to get them going forward and get the ball to James Robinson and get him going downhill. And so uh, I think I think this game was a little bit of, you know, maybe kind of what we talked about the week before of Doug Peterson being a little more concerned about, you know, putting up points and doing certain things instead of trying to win the game. But also the, the players kind of being able to be understand what kind of game you're in. And that comes with experience. That comes with playing in, in those type of games. That comes with playing another rain game or another, you know, sloppy game where, okay, we got to buckle down and be able to play. And so those things come with experience, but I thought it was a great a great lesson learned for the Jags. So, Mojo, let's stick with the fact that it was a sloppy rain game and uh, the expectation from all the players, the coaches, just like you said, is that you're going to have to run the ball. And aside from the fact that the Jaguars couldn't get on the same page with that, what do you think was the big storyline, the big narrative with why Philly was able to be so effective on the ground? Was it their offensive line is just better than our defensive front, or was there something else happening there? I, I felt like it, I felt like it was a little bit of well, one I'll tell you, I, th- I felt like Jalen Hurts took a big part in it because you have to account for him, yeah, uh, more than you would have to account for Trevor Lawrence. Even though Trevor will run, uh, Jalen Hurts uses his legs much more than any quarterback. Uh, or as I would say, at second to Lamar Jackson, right? He's going to run for – so he you have to account for it, makes you play 11-on-11 football, and that's tough to deal with in those sloppy games. And so, again, this is – Philly has an advantage in those type of games when the weather gets bad and things aren't going well. They have a big, strong offensive line that's athletic and can move. They have a running quarterback. They have multiple running backs that can go. And their tight ends a really good run blocker when he's out in space. And so, all of a sudden, it puts your defense – it kind of stretches your defense – um, horizontally where they have to be able to play the zone read where Jalen Hurts is able to run, but also be able to have enough guys to, to keep every gap occupied in the box. And so that, it, that's a tough that's a tough task to ask of anyone. But again, in the National Football League, you got to find a way to get it done. And so, like I said, it's a lesson learned because in the AFC, I don't what, – what team do um, – maybe the Bills, maybe with Josh Allen, they'll do some type of QB read option. Maybe. The Ravens, maybe. The Ravens, right? I mean, there's two or three teams in the National Football League that play that type of ball, and so again, it's it's it's. I think it's a it's just one of those tests. You didn't pass it, but 
later down the road when you get that opportunity to play Baltimore or Buffalo um, with that, that quarterback that has the ability to run, you you know, it'll help you out. Yeah, I think it really – we talked to some guys in the locker room on defense, and I think it challenged the eyes of some of these young players, too, uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think I even caught that, like a false step here or there. Uh, and that can make a huge difference in the NFL. It's amazing how fast it moves. Maurice Jones-Drew joining us all the way from London. Just going to keep him for a short time here on this Monday with Mojo. Jags lose 29-21. Britain friends on ESPN 690. All right, man, this one. I, can't, I, I couldn't wait to ask you this one. So James Robinson, his last carry – of the first quarter came around four minutes and 36 seconds the second quarter he goes the whole time without getting it until the last play of the half which was basically a run out the the half kind of run for three yards he doesn't get it the entire third quarter and then gets it again at like 942 of the fourth well how what would maurice jones drew be doing on the sideline if that <laughs> happened uh you know I think the guy now would be a little bit. I would have tried. I would have tried to talk to the coach. Uh, but me back when I was playing, I'd have been. You know, I'd have been irate on the sideline. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, what is going on? You know, uh, especially with the weather. Like, I think that was. I think that was the biggest one of my biggest question marks. Like, look, you're in a you're in a hurricane, right? It's 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 windy. It's raining. It's sloppy. Like, why are we trying to throw the ball? Like, what are we what are we trying to prove here? You know what I mean? The one thing I always tell people, there's only one thing that really can deter a team from throwing the football, and it's the wind. And I don't know how windy it was in Philly. Um, it just didn't look like, I mean, it was pouring rain. It looked like it was sloppy out there. It looked like the rain was whipping from side to side. You know, but again, look, I'm not in those meetings. I'm not, you know, maybe they saw something they could take advantage of and they wanted to take advantage of it. Um, you, you just like the Jags to adjust and get back to their power running game and really start to lean on this defensive line and start eking out first downs and using the play-action pass. Uh, I did like a lot of their designs in the red zone. And, and I'll say this, and again, this is for our fans, I think if it was a, a regular sunny day and it was, you know, 75, 80 degrees, the Jags would walk away with this one. I yeah. personally feel that way. Yeah, I think a lot of I people do. That, I think a lot of people feel that way. That, yeah, I just think that the weather d- dictated a certain type of uh, performance or type of game. And the Jags just weren't able to adjust to get to that as the, the, the Eagles were better, the better off doing it. But, you know, again, you know, we always talk, like I told you guys when I was playing, that one, that there's only one thing that cures all. You know what that is. Yeah, it's the dub. You know what it is? Huh? <laughs> the W. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. Running the. Running the football cures all problems. <laughs> <laughs> You're late on your taxes, run the football. That's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, if you hey, you get, you get pulled over. Run the football. Tell the, tell the officer, look, I'm just trying to run the football. <laughs> Listen, JSO, I know it looked fast, but I'm running the football. Come on. <laughs> hey, I... I, but I, I think you're onto something there. And we know cause, because this was a big part of when you were with this football team and, and playing. Like the offense would get ignited because of how you would set them up. And in the years, you almost had to set them up in some lean times. But I will say over the last three years, James Robinson has been a catalyst for this offense. Like when the offense isn't clicking. Now, Doug Peterson has had, his, had it going pretty well. But when it wasn't clicking the last two years, give it to James, and he usually will make something happen or at least get you going in the right direction. So I think that's my biggest criticism of Doug. It's like, hey, get 25 on the field because he usually helps the situation. But what Maurice shows, Drew, I'm going to tell you this, and you can use this all week if people ask you about it. Why didn't he get the ball more? They only had 22 plays in the second half. 
That's all they had because of all the turnovers. And one of them that was is- a nine-play drive, and they ran it six times on that drive <laughs> with a bunch of different players. So, like, they just didn't have the plays to run the ball. So I kind of give Doug a little bit of a pass, but you just can't look up and say, wow, we didn't do well on offense today, and James Robinson only had eight touches. It just doesn't add up. Well, no, I think you're exactly right. The turnovers always kind of come into play in those situations, especially when you have five in the game. I, I, I want to say we had six in a game against Cleveland, and the only reason we won is because we were running the football and Cleveland was trying to throw the ball or whatever they were. I don't forget what they wanted to do. Uh, and we kind of came down late in the game. We were able to make some plays. But, you know, when you have turnovers, and, and I remember Dirk Cutter used to tell me this all the time, like, we want to run the football, yes, but we have to convert on first and second down. We have to start keep getting plays so we can start to wear down the defense with the run. If we go three and out or if we, you know, we run the ball on first down or second down and it's third and long, like the next drive I'm going to come out and try to throw the ball to get some chunk yards so that we can get, get it back in our groove. So I, I would say, you know, in those situations, the turnovers definitely didn't help, obviously. Um, and like you said, you had the drive of the nine plays and, you know, you had runs going with different guys. And you just got to remember, and if you're Trevor Lawrence, again, a lesson, a lesson learned. First of all, when the, you got to have that wet ball drill. You got to do the wet ball drill practice. You got to make sure that when it is raining, that you got to focus more on you know the snaps and all the lo- other little things that you normally take for granted when it's nice outside. Um, and, and it goes for everybody. I, again, like we played Carolina, and I fumbled two or three times in that game because uh, I was trying to wear gloves in the rain. I took the gloves off and still fumbled, but it was just one of those days, you know. So you got to kind of got to really. Focus in when when it gets wet like that and the weather changes. Yeah, Maurice Jones drew with us here on Brett and Friends on ESPN 690. All right, let's end with this unless Aaron and Casey have something else for you. Uh, how much are you giving your quarterback a hug today for the Jacksonville Jaguars? He's going to take the accountability. A lot of it was on him. I don't think all of it was on him. Christian Kirk dropped three balls. They had five drops. Their defense gave up 210 yards. But we know what happens when the quarterback fumbles it four times and throws a pick in the red zone. He's going to get a lot of the blame, and, and he should. A lot of criticism. So, I mean, what, do you look at a guy like that and be like, dude, what are you doing? Or is today a big like, hey, you're cool, man. We're, we had a good first month. Let's clean it up a little bit, and, and let's ride. I mean, what's the conversation like in that building with number 16 today? Well, I'm definitely not going to say let's ride. So that's not good. Um, <laughs> is that not what the cool kids say? Like, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> no, that Russ, Russ says, and it ain't looking good for Denver. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hey, I was cooking like Russ yesterday, right? <laughs> oh, oh, we can't have that. I would, I would say this. I, for me personally, I would say, look, we, you know, these things happen. And, again, we, we're, no one's perfect. We all have to get better at that, at little things. But the only way we can get better is if we all take accountability. Trevor's going to take it for whatever. If I missed a block or didn't do anything, I got to perfect my stuff. And then we got to move forward. And I, I think the whole moving forward thing is important because if you let what happened last week affect this week and the next week and the next week, then you have a problem. You, you go out, you figure out what you have to get better at. Watching film is going to suck. Always does after a loss. Um, and then you got to go back to work with a fresh mindset. You got to, you know, either bury this or whatever you do to kind of get over stuff. And you got to get right back on it and go get it. Um, and it's important. I, I, it's, you, you have to, who do, who do the Jags play this next week? Houston. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we got to get back to work. Right, we got to get back to work, and we got to find a way to win another divisional game against an opponent that's trying to find their way too. 
um, and you have the ability to go out there and do it, but it, it's important. It's important to go, and, and I want to say, who do they play after the Houston? Yeah, so then you get uh, you go on the road against Indy and then back home against the Giants. It's a big three-week stretch, Mojo. Yeah, see, and, and I think that's important, right? So, you you, we, you know, you fumbled the, the, the Eagles game away. I felt like the Jags still had an opportunity late in that game. Obviously, the last fumble hurt, hurts. Um, but you got a chance to kind of run off three games here, taking this first one and really kind of getting back to the football that we saw two weeks ago, uh, two and three weeks ago, where you shut out the Colts and then you beat – uh, the Chargers in L.A. Now you got a chance to handle some business here against Houston and then go up to Indy and beat up on Indy, who's, you know, struggling again, and then taking on a, a Giants team that's banged up as well. And so you got a chance to get three, get a good little streak going to get, you know, get started. It's important to, like, flush this one, figure it out what you had to get better, flush this one, and move on. And then yeah. it's time that you have to. And then these are, you know, these are what we call must-win games. Because it's not a must-win in the fact of, you know, it uh, jeopardize your season, but it's must-win in that we got to get on a roll, right? Yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember that 2010 year, 2010, we ran off yeah. like seven, it was seven or eight, seven or eight games in a row before we lost, or it was something weird stretch we had. We won like seven out of eight games, or so. I forget how we how it happened. Yeah, you did. Well, we I mean, you were eight and five, yeah. and then you kind of choked it away. But I mean, yeah, you were eight and five. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we. But again, but this is the thing, and, and you laugh about it, but we put ourselves in position to, to, to go to the playoffs, right? True. We're in True. position for it. We just didn't finish the right way. And I'd rather be in position and have that ability to finish, especially with the coaching staff that you have. Um, and these, these games are important to have to have under your belt to be in position going into November, you know, with the opportunity to play well. Because we all know once Thanksgiving comes around, that's when, that's when the real teams start to separate themselves. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, hey, I lied to you. I do want to give you one more chance to tell us what you're doing uh, in London with the NFL. I think it's cool. You guys trying to grow the game over there, and you're over there for a little bit. And uh, you told us a bit about it last week, but how's it going so far? And and uh, just in case people didn't listen last week, shame on them. But tell us what you're doing over there across the pond. Oh yeah, no. So I, I, I'm working with the NFL, NFL International, NFL UK. Um, growing, obviously, just coming out for the the. I, I do the in-game, um, I forget what it's called now, but I, I kind of talk about the game in, 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 the, in, in the stadium. So myself, Sam Quick, who I'm sure you guys know, we've done a lot of Jags games together, break down the game for all the fans. We're trying to help grow it. I actually, tomorrow I have to be up at 7.30, which is in, whew, in like 11 hours. But, you know, I'm still on West Coast time, so I don't know how I'm going to do this. But uh, we have the International Combine. This summer I went to Africa and was able to scout with the NFL uh, 50 prospects out of the continent of Africa. Uh, 11 were selected. I want to say 11 or 15 were selected. But some guys are young, so they're going to send them to the, the NFL Academy here in London. And then the others that are older that are ready for the draft, they'll, they'll go to this International Combine where they'll have, I think, another 50 prospects all over the world. So guys from Japan, Italy, London, um, Australia, Germany, New Zealand, guys from everywhere, former rugby players, different sports. They come and they, they, they work out uh, for NFL scouts, uh, not necessarily team scouts, but guys in the NFL. Then we select 15 from there, and we, we have them do a pro day. At, I think it's at Arizona State again this year. But, again, just growing the game. And that's what it's all about is getting guys, getting the game out there. We started a flag league in Africa. There's another big flag tournament here in London. And a lot of this, and to be honest with you guys, a lot of this happened because the Jags decided to 
use London as a, a, a second location, right, to kind of go and, and put their foot forward. So I have to thank them for doing that because I'm an ambassador for the Jaguars as I am for the league, so it, it helps me out. That's awesome, man. Well, keep up the good work. That's pretty cool stuff happening uh, away from the United States and uh, gives you a chance to travel a little bit and spread the message about the league. You'll do a good job with that. Thanks for jumping in all the way from London. Appreciate the time, and uh, go get some rest, and uh, we'll talk to you again next Monday, hopefully after a Jags W. Yeah, we just got an A. 20 to 25 carries or touches for James. Give ETN about 12 to 15. We'll be good to go. Cures all ills. Run the ball. Run the ball and don't say let's ride. uh, Recipe. Works every time. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. See you guys. All right, that's Maurice Jones-Drew all the way from London checking in. We, I thought we wouldn't have him on these weeks. He was in London, and he was uh, kind enough to join man us. Man insists on working. Yeah, man, we appreciate it. It's always good insight, uh, and, and I'm learning here. Don't say let's ride. Casey's probably, like, <laughs> sitting there dying in his chair right there. I could just picture Casey as that was that. I like how you can't say let's ride, but you can tell him he choked the season away with it. <laughs> I didn't tell him he did it. Yeah, that was brutal. Did. That was hey. brutal. That's great. Real here, man. Oh, Martin, no. you're my hero. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Brent and friends on ESPN 690. We talk more about the Jags game. We're live from Sneakers in Jack's Beach. Don't forget, 7 o'clock tonight, Jamal Agnew will be out here. He had a big-time game uh, against the Eagles, and he'll be here at 7 o'clock for Jags Report Live, live on Fox 30. We'll be right back. ESPN 690, Brent and Friends, coming to you on Monday. It's a sadder Monday than usual after a Jaguars loss to the Eagles. Not that sad. Oh, somewhat sadder than usual. Somewhat sadder than we've become accustomed to, Brent. Yeah, that's true. Aaron Schachter uh, in the studio here. Brent Martineau on location. Brent, where are you at today? I kind of lost track. But sneakers and Jackson. Oh, that's right. Sneakers. So yeah. uh, we do our show out here, but also I'm out here for two reasons. One, we've got a bunch of high school football today. And so these Fletcher are makeup plays. games from yeah, uh, I think 14 games today, two more tomorrow. Uh, we got one on Thursday, maybe more than one. But so uh, I was going to try to go right after the show at six o'clock, grab a little like a highlight or two of Fletcher. Uh, they're playing, so they're five minutes from here. And then I'll probably end up at Ponte Vedra after the show. Mm-hmm. So uh, Vedra. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the jet over to the high school. Uh, yeah, I wish I might need the jet over to high school, <laughs> considering I got this until 6, Fletcher, back to do sports, back to do Jack Sport Live, then to another game. You and Mojo spread thin, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm running the ball today. <laughs> just in the car. Cures all hills. <laughs> it's, uh, it certainly does. Mojo is awesome. We have Rasheen Mathis coming up. He might come out here. I'm not sure. He was doing some stuff at the baseball field, so I'm not sure if he's going to be able to. But I'm in his neck of the woods. And so uh, he might even come out here uh, to sneakers nice. with us uh, as he joins us. We'll ask about that defense of the Jags. Hey, well, we got a couple minutes uh, before we hit the top of the hour. We're going to go right back to the Jaguars, of course. Uh, what got your attention around the NFL? Uh, a little bit here on a on week four. I mean, do we know anything? I mean, the Eagles are pretty good, right? I think we know that. Yeah, I mean, it seems that way after four weeks. I'm not a believer in the Eagles like I would be in someone like the Bills or even the Ravens, who I wasn't so high on before the season, and now I feel like they're going to go deep into the playoffs. Uh, but the Eagles are certainly the best in the NFC. I'm not sure that's saying a lot, though, you know? Well, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, the Cowboys are banged up and winning. The Giants are... Not that good, but winning. 
I mean, the NFC East is winning. It's the best. They got the best record in football. Oh, I thought you were. Ooh, ooh, I thought you were going to say something silly right there. No, they got the best record in football. They do. Okay, best record in football. They do. Hey, they do. You're not wrong. I'm just saying it. It doesn't say a ton three or four games into the season for everybody, but it says more than it says at zero games into the season. I'll just talk to me again in, at like week six or week seven if the Giants still look like a winning football team. I'm not a believer in the Giants. Well, I'm not either. I think there are some teams that are, you know, we had like the fraud alert, and Denver was like Denver was one, one of them, fraud. sure. Uh, and then they go back down to two and two. But I also don't think they're terrible. Uh, so two and two is probably more like it. Like Denver at two and two feels better than Denver at three and one because I feel like it's more realistic. Are, sure. Right. But like the commanders uh, are bad, right? The yes. commanders aren't good. And that's going to that's going to be a loss that stings the Jags a little bit. But I think they made up for it with the Chargers win. Do you, you think know? do you think the Seahawks are a nine plus win team? I don't. I don't know. Casey and I were talking about this a little bit. I mean, maybe maybe Pete Carroll was right. Oh, my God. My friend texted me this morning. He goes, is it too late to talk about Geno Smith? And I'm like, just stop it with the nonsense. Well, I mean, listen, he's done it for four weeks, Casey. Like, that's significant. This isn't like a two-week thing. Yeah, he's been all right. And uh, speaking of just the rust part of the story, uh, Denver's only scored 66 points this year. Some quick trivia. Who's the only team in the AFC that has scored less than 66 points? Hmm. I will give you a hint. Houston. Right division, wrong team. Oh, the Colts. The Colts. Only wow. team in the AFC to score less than Russell Wilson. Who Matt saw Ryan that coming guy. at the beginning of that season? Man, yeah. nobody was talking about the Colts being the worst in the South. But anyway, Seattle, yeah, they made the decision to uh, not play Drew Locke, which was a good one, and, you know, maybe they're, enough. maybe they're doing their thing. 49ers haven't gotten it together. Maybe they're a 2-2 two and two after tonight's game. You'll see, but, like... The Packers certainly don't have it together. At three and one, they could have just as easily be zero and four or or, or one and three. Yeah, they're they seem off. They're weird. The like, Bears aren't good. The Lions give up fifty points. I mean, they score forty a game, but they give up so much. They're that's a wild deal going on. And I, I saw today they lead in passing touchdowns. I think Goff has eleven. And what is it, rushing touchdowns? Yeah, Williams. I think, and they lead the league in those categories. He's they're not like even the, their number one back, by the way. No, they're like the fifth team in history or something to lead. Like, and one of them's Kurt Warner's like uh, greatest show on turf team. <laughs> Listen, Goff's so. going to get himself a uh, $300 million contract <laughs> with 270 guaranteed at the end of the year. Falcons are not good. Panthers are not good. Saints are injured and not good. Like, where are you finding all the competition in the NFC right now? I will say this. Falcons though, guys, are better than expected. Falcons are a little bit better. Seattle's better than expected. I think the Jags are better than expected. Like, there's a lot of better than expected teams right now in the NFL. And then there are some worse than expected teams as well. So, um, I... I will say this about – I just said Geno Smith might be the next Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon's always that guy that's later in his career. All of a sudden, he came on. And like we wondered if Nick Foles would be a little bit like that, you know, as he went to Philly, won the Super Bowl, and then would he have this resurrection. Yeah. Well, you're seeing, like, to be honest with you, Goff has a little bit in it right now, although he did go to a Super Bowl early in his career, and he was like – everybody said he was really good. I mean, Also a contract year awesome. for the dude. So yeah, and, he's, and he's he still throws, it. like, pick sixes on top of the four touchdowns, so he still hurts him, you know. But – Geno Smith is out of nowhere playing really well. What about the Steelers? After they lost to the Jets, are you rethinking 
what you feel about the Steelers and Mike Tomlin. Well, I'm not rethinking. I mean, Mike Tomlin's a good coach, but we did say the Steelers and Patriots are not very good on paper. Well, I said the Steelers would be bad. I think the two of you said Tomlin will not allow this team to be a bad team. This well, and I'm, and I'm not sure that will still happen. They're one and three. Um, and they have a tough it. schedule. They play like the Dolphins and the Bucks. It does not. They compete. can't score. I mean, Casey, you were talking about teams who have scored very few points in yes. the AFC. I mean, they're right down there at the bottom right now, along with some of these other teams like the Broncos. Yeah, not good. Hey, uh, doesn't matter who's a quarterback. By I don't way. know if we have time to get into this, but on our little schedule rundown that Aaron put up, that, that welcome back. We got about, so, look at that. I know. Two minutes. But I want to, like, what's the fashion topic? And oh. We need more than two minutes. Maybe. I could do it real quick. It's not no, really a big time. deal. We got, a, we got a show for three hours, so, like, where it's okay. Oh, one hour is gone. Well, here's the deal. I bought something this weekend <laughs> that I <laughs> love. Hours accounted for. I, I bought something. Oh, at, not the glasses. I bought something at Five Below that I thought was super dope. I loved it. And then everyone I show it to, everyone's like, oh, that's bad. Don't wear that. So I want to bring it to you guys. I want to see what you think. But we don't have to do it now. We can do it next hour. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I want to see this now. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be great when y you think it's really good and it's not. <laughs> Everybody hates it. Dude, my, <laughs> even my daughter was like, that's terrible, Dad. She, she's the honest one. So, you know. It's not good. Uh, that's good. Um, all right. Hey, we have Maurice Jones, Drew on. Uh, in the 3 o'clock hour, we have Rasheed Mathis coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. The defense won't take a beating. Like Trevor's going to take a beating this week, they probably should. Yeah, they earned it I mean, a little bit. Yeah, defense got pushed around, and maybe it just averaged things out. Because overall, you look at the first month of the year, and you start looking at the st statistics of the Jags. They're not crazy in my like projections last week, right, Casey? It's like we're gonna have to yeah. lower some of those projections. Bring them down a bit. But <laughs> even when you have kind of like this crazy game where they give up stuff. They probably have settled into maybe more of what the Jags are after four weeks. And on the both sides of the ball, it's not terrible. Like those DVOA numbers yep. and all this other stuff that people talk about. Yep. Like the Jags are in a pretty good position. And they've done it for four weeks now. That's not just a small two-week sample, three-week sample. It's all or four weeks, good and bad. And so maybe that's who the Jags are. And I think that could be very encouraging if that's who the Jaguars are. Let's take a break. We come back. We should be joined by Rasheen Mathis. He's scheduled in the 4 o'clock hour. And we'll talk more about this Jags loss. Brent and friends on ESPN 690, live from Sneakers in Jack's Beach. Come on out. Say hello. I'll be here until 6. Then we have Jags Report live at 7 o'clock. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.